welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm not sure if I'm excited or if I'm nervous <laughs> or some other emotion I can't figure out yet, but I'm ready to jump in today. All right. You do look, you have a glow about you. I've got a glow. You know, this is one, we, we got a question today and this is one of those ones that we kind of came up with a while ago and just been dreading talking about, not because it's not a good topic. I don't enjoy talking about it, but there's so much information and so much facts and so much even emotion tied up in this that it can go a lot of different directions. Yeah. There's some, some real beliefs in this question. There's no doubt about that. So you and I might be fighting in this episode, totally. clinging to our beliefs Yeah. about is gold a good investment right yes or no do you want me right to now. answer right now no i don't because <laughs> <laughs> what I we're will. going to do is try to be as agnostic about this as possible which will probably fail and i think our personal beliefs will come out but sure. what we're going to do is we're just going to look at the facts yep because i think when people ask us the question of should i invest in gold the reasons they typically give to do that is they say it's an inflation hedge it kind of increases, it has a history of holding its value, and then it can enhance portfolio diversification. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the three high-level yeah. reasons I see. You know, those are the three, val- I think those are the reasons that if someone really thinks hard about it, they'll give you. I think the main reason why people like it is because they can actually hold it in their hand. Mm-hmm. It's tangible. Yeah. It's like, it's a pretty, pretty little gold thing. It can't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, unless you lose it. Um, but yeah, you, you can, you know, keep it under your mattress or keep it in a safe deposit box and it can't go anywhere on you. Well, that's kind of ties into it's got a history of holding its value. Whether you can tangibly hold that value in your hand yeah. or whether it's in an account. Yeah. Let's start with that. Yeah. Because I think when people look at investing, there's fear baked in. There's, there's fear of, well, I put my money in something that goes up and down in value. I want something that provides more stability. It's we, got that hold of value. Can we back up on that w- real quick for one second? Yeah. When, whenever I think of investing for clients, uh, when I think the way all of our listeners should think of this too, um, especially if you believe in capitalism, is the concept that people are going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to try to better their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that happens at corporations too, right? Mm-hmm. They decide to go sell something because they're better at it than other people. And if they're better at it, they make a profit. Right? Absolutely. That's how capitalism works. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really what investing is, right? Either loaning money to a corporation where you're going to get some cash back and they're going to eventually give you your money back or you're just going to go own the company. We're going to go, I'm going to go buy Apple stock and I'm going to go on that ride with Apple um, or just buy the market as a whole indexing. We'll talk about that in the future. Mm -hmm. But that's really, that's investing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anytime a commodity, which gold is a commodity, do you, can you, what do you think, what would, well, how would you define a commodity? Uh, it's something that's, from an investment standpoint, it's, it's, it's something that doesn't really create earnings, but it's something that someone is typically willing to exchange money for. Right. So commodities are things like a barrel of oil is a commodity, 
a pork belly is a commodity. Mm-hmm. I can buy a bushel of corn as a commodity. I can buy there's precious metals can be commodities, gold, platinum, silver. They are things that people people can buy and use to create other things. Right. Typically a commodity doesn't produce money on its own. Right? Like I can't I can't say, "Hey gold, sit there for a while and make more money for me." Mm-hmm. It will only make more money depending upon what people are trading in the market for that thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Where if I go buy a share of Apple, I can be like, "Hey Apple, go make more money for me." They actually can, can go do that. So right? we have like, you to thank for Apple's performance. Not me to thank, thank you, personally. Scott. No, but they, they actually are a business that is out there selling things, making things, doing things. The value of Apple is tied to how much it generates in profits. Absolutely. What they're going to do in the future, right? A commodity is based on what's the supply and demand of this thing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And it almost always comes with this other thing called storage costs. And insurance costs. Sometimes. Meaning that, like, you got to protect the thing that's there, but it can't. So the way I think of it is um, it eats, but it doesn't earn anything for <laughs> me. Right? Right. It doesn't, it's not designed to go make stuff for me. It's designed just to sit there. Right. Um, right. That's an important thing to understand about commodities as a whole. Gold is one commodity. Yeah. And with that concept, it holds its value. It's an inflation hedge. It helps diversify my portfolio. Let's let's dive in from there. Yeah, that and that's context. an important distinction that you can invest in things that generate earnings. Right. Or you can invest in things that you hope other people are willing to pay you a higher price for in the future when right. you choose to no longer hold that thing. Right. So with that concept, let's what are we, what do you want to say about um, prices uh, to start? Well, I think the big thing with gold is is way back when long time ago, not even that long ago, mm-hmm. 50 years ago, uh, every single dollar used to be tied to its value in gold. It's called the gold standard. There was a gold standard. Yeah. And what happened was in 1971, President Nixon removed the gold standard, yep. which means $1 was no longer linked to some price of gold. At the time, it was $35 per ounce. Right. So you could literally show up with cash and turn it into gold was the concept. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there was and this, you knew what the price was. It you knew wasn't what the price moving. was. It was pegged $35 an ounce. Correct. And, and so you had this sense of $1 bill. This piece of paper actually represents something tangible. No, right. it's not gold, but it represents kind of a piece of gold. Yep. And so what happened was when that was removed, there is, money no longer has any value except in the sense of what someone is willing to exchange for that. Right. There's not the intrinsic value in a piece of paper in a dollar bill. So people say, well, I want to invest in gold because there is intrinsic value Mm. they say you can't really fake it it's rare meaning you can't just duplicate it over and over again Mm -hmm. and it can be used as a medium of exchange yep and to an extent yeah that's true it's tangible there is some intrinsic value in gold there's some things some actual uses you can use it for yep but as you just explained very well gold is still a commodity it is still only worth what if someone is willing to pay for it right there's not earnings that come along with it there's not any interest that you receive for owning it yes if I own gold, Scott, it's only worth what you're willing to pay for it or what any other one else Yeah, is or a gold dealer it. or whoever on any given day is willing to pay. Right. Yeah. So when people say it holds its value, there, there is some truth to this because if you just look at the history of gold, um, in 1934, Congress passed the Gold Reserve Act, which said the price of gold was $35 an ounce. Oh, wow. It stayed $35 an ounce from, for a from long 34 time. to 71, huh? So did it hold its value? Yeah, it, it held its value. It, it, from, it stayed about $35 an ounce from 34 to 71. Okay. 
after that, mm-hmm. uh, when the gold standard was removed, yep. the price of gold went up pretty dramatically. Okay. But let's just look at from 1934 until now. So if you went back, if you traveled back in time, what is that? How many years is that? 76, 96 years? Did you do that right? 10. 86 years. Are we going back to 1934? 1934. If you yeah. go back 86 years ago, mm-hmm. you could have bought an ounce of gold for $35. Okay. If you went back 86 years ago, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 104.4 points. Mm-hmm. So 104.4. Okay. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring that up is because today, gold, one ounce of gold, as the time of this recording, you could buy for $1,575. Okay. So it's held its value. It's gone up from $35 an ounce to $1,575 an ounce. After it started floating in the 70s, yeah. After it really jumped up in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That Dow Jones Industrial Average thing, though, we just talked about, that was at 104 in 1934. Yeah. It closed at 29276 today. Okay. That's 290 times higher, and that's not even including the dividends of the companies inside of that that they generated. Okay. So uh, so essentially, so what you're saying is uh, gold has gone up in value, no doubt. Uh, it's especially gone up in value since we removed the peg and said mm-hmm. it was no longer worth 35 an ounce and 71, but we're going to let it go float up to what it should truly be worth mm-hmm. uh, with allowing it to be cha- traded Freely on traded. exchanges as, as it is every day around the world. Um However, if I'd just invested in the Dow Jones Industrial Average um, at the same in 1934, I would have uh, I would have had a better return. And just to be clear, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is the 40 largest companies in the U.S. I uh, maybe I think it's the 40. If I'm wrong on the 30 or the 40, don't correct me if I'm wrong, please, because I don't ever look at it. It's actually a bad index, but back then that index existed in mm-hmm. the S&P 500. I don't know if the technically like the, the S&P, S&P 500 was really composite or something. 500 yet, right? So good that you use this data. Um, but all all that we're really looking at is, you know, between the two how would how would you have fared? And you would have fared better if you just invested in companies that, guess what? They actually go make money for you. Yeah. So did gold hold its value? Yes. If you look at an annual rate of return, average rate of return, it grew by 4.5% okay. since 1934. Mm-hmm. But you always have to ask compared to what? And yet you simply owned a basket of the 30 companies in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You would have been significantly better just from a price standpoint. And by the way, you would have had a significantly higher number of dividends and income along the way. As part of that as well. Right. So it comes down to, would you rather own companies that have earnings or would you rather own metal that you're hoping someone pays more for? And of course you could choose to own both. But to me, I I agree. The way way I always think about this question is like, do you believe in capitalism and that people are going to get out of bed and try to better their lives and better the lives of society and try to do better? Or (laughs) almost all, I always jump to to doomsday when I think of gold. I'm like, someone wants, (laughs) I want to have gold because if everything else goes... I, I still can hold on to this thing. It's yeah. kind of how I view it in my own head, especially coming out of the Depression era and when some people would want to hold gold was because they, they didn't believe in the government currencies and all those things. And I kind I can understand that. With, But relatively speaking, nine times probability is working in our favor. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it could make sense to own more gold. I mean, more uh, companies than gold. Yeah. 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 Okay, so what if so that's looking at the history of it, right? The from it from value. What about um, from an inflation hedge standpoint? We always hear that it's a good inflation hedge. Yeah, and we just saw that if we and, and I'm just kind of going back to 1934 because that's when the price of gold was first raised to the $35 an ounce. You can go back to any time period. That I think the challenging thing about when you hear people talking about gold is everyone's got a dog in the fight, and so they're cherry picking data that corresponds with whatever they're trying to 
to prove. Sure. So this is my cherry pick data that corresponds with huh. what I'm trying to prove. Well, you're uh, taking it back as far as you can. I'm right? taking it back pretty far, and okay. we'll, we'll we'll look at different time periods in just a second. But since 1934, gold has averaged a four and a half percent return. Not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, is it an inflation hedge though? That same time period, inflation. So as measured by the Consumer Price Index, that increased by three and a half percent per year. So when you subtract out inflation from this, you get a 1% real return. Yeah. So yes, did it keep up with inflation? It did, but at what cost? Mm. When you look at investing, you measure something called volatility, which is just how much, yes, you have the average return of four and a half percent, but it didn't go up four and a half percent every single year. Yeah. It was, there was drastic price changes on the upside and the downside. And if you measure the volatility it's as measured by standard deviation, which we're not going to get into right now, but the higher the standard deviation, the more volatile, the more ups and downs something has, mm-hmm. the volatility is higher in gold than it was had you simply owned the U.S. market yeah. as measured by the standard poor 500. Yeah. So so essentially, it what you're saying is it, it did from 1934 to today, which on, you could probably find other periods of time where that's not the case, but you did have an inflation hedge. For over that really long period of time, uh, but it was a really volatile swing in price mm-hmm. over periods of time as well. More volatile than even just holding the, the 500 largest companies in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at alternatives, what else is an inflation hedge? Well, we just looked at owning companies. certainly is. Right. Uh, owning long-term government bonds during this time period was right. a better inflation hedge. We have to believe they're going to pay you back, though. You have to believe they're going to pay you back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's not much in terms of the investment landscape that wasn't a better hedge right. during this time period. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But let's look at other time periods. Okay. So let's kind of look at how does it fit in your portfolio? Uh-huh. Does it fit in a portfolio? Yeah. Is it a good investment kind of yeah. kind of kind of framework? Okay. So, so from 1971, when we let that float, when we let the peg go, it's no longer thirty five dollars an ounce. Um, from 1971 to what year did we end to this today? Data? To, to today. the end of 2019. End of 2019. Okay, gold was up 7.7 percent annualized. So per year, annualized return. It's yeah. Pretty good. Pretty not bad. Uh, the S and P 500 was up 10.7. Mm-hmm. So so owning the the commodity versus investing in companies that are going to try to be better companies year over year over year and make more money for their people. Um, uh, S and P won that one. Yeah, but I think the interesting thing about that is almost all of that return that gold generated came between 1971 and 1980. Which would really, if you, if you just step back for a second and you imagine that we, you could think of it this way, the, the government falsely said, because they, 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 we'll call that pegging. So they, you'll have currencies that are pegged around the globe too. And they'll try to control trade with the pegged currency. So basically they said, Hey, it can only be 35 and ounce. Well, clearly that wasn't the case, or probably perhaps it shouldn't have been the case because the moment they let that go, um, you had this dramatic uptick in return through the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there was other factors as well. There was kind of some hyperinflation stuff going on that right. people said that's flocked to gold to preserve the holding value. So, but you're right. I think, and I'm not a gold expert, and I don't think you're a gold expert. And so we'll far, fully from acknowledge it. that. Yeah. All we're looking at is the data here and how does it fit into portfolios. So someone could certainly come around and correct us here. But the numbers would lead us to believe that there was that artificially low ceiling on the price of gold. Yeah. That when that was removed, maybe gold normalized a little bit. Yeah, because it what did it? Uh, it was up thirty three point seven percent per 
per year annualized for through the 70s. So that's amazing. And the S&P was only up 5.8, so <laughs> annualized. So man, gold gold won. Gold crushed it. Big. $1 invested the day if you if you invested a dollar in gold, the day that they unpegged the dollar to gold. Uh-huh. By the end of that decade, $1 had turned into $13.68. So you you made thir- yeah, so so you made 13, over 13 yeah. times. You made 13 <laughs> that, times. That's obviously a $1 investment not very exciting. <laughs> huge return. Yes. Yeah, no wonder everyone got so excited about gold. So the returns in the 70s were amazing, but then if you look at ni- so we looked at from 1971 until the end of last year, gold was mm-hmm. up 7.7%. Mm-hmm. But if you say, well, let's take the 1970s out. Yeah, just again. look at it decade on decade beyond that. So the 1980s um, gold was actually slightly negative, 2.4% annualized. The yep. S&P 500 was up 17.5% annualized. Yep. So S&P wins in that, in that bout. How about the 90s? 90s, gold's down 3%. Mm-hmm. S&P 500 up 18%. Yeah, so, and that, again, these are annualized numbers. So, again, S&P wins big. And then in the 2000s, we flip it again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, gold's up 14.3% annualized, and the S&P 500's down 1%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then 2010, so this most recent decade, gold is up 3.25%. S&P is up 13.6%. Yeah. But if you go back, so if you go back just to 1980 until the end of last year, so mm-hmm. kind of take out the 70s, where maybe gold was adjusting to what should have been a normalized price. Right. Again, we could be totally off on that. Send all hate mail to Scott. It's mm-hmm. stonestepsfinancial.com. This was actually but. this was actually this was actually James's idea to do this question. So I want you to send all hate mail to him on okay, this. Okay, I'll I'll take responsibility. <laughs> send hate mail to me at uh not gonna get my email address out. Uh, <laughs> since 1980, gold has grown by 2.74% per year. Yeah. So that's that's 40 years of it growing at 2.74%. That's really which is not kind a of lot. about what inflation was. Yeah, that's really not a lot. You could do better with a bond fund. You can do better with just about anything. Yeah. Whereas since, since 1980, that same time period, had you invest that money into companies, as you know, measured by the S and P 500, you would have grown by almost 12 percent per yep. year. So one dollar would have turned into three dollars by the end of 2019 if you invested it in gold. Or had you invested that one dollar into the S and P 500. $1 would have turned into $87. And that's kind of the difference that we're talking about here. I prefer to have the $87. I'll please. take the 87 too. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you invested more than $1 at the beginning of that. So Yes. So, yes, it, it, it does it constitute an investment in the sense that it goes up in value? Yes, it goes up in value. But what are the alternatives? I, you know, and looking at this in more, more as we've like walked through all the numbers, because you did walk in with this data um, more so than I reviewed it. To me, looking at it from a standpoint of once the peg was removed and we got to like homeostasis for an ounce of gold, um, you're seeing it. It's it's really not it's really not doing all that much for you. Mm-mm. So so cer- I certainly wouldn't want to see someone invest in it to think they're going to make money with it. Mm-hmm. If they want to hold it as a store of value, like some of them are saying, maybe there's a reason to do it. But even then, if you just if you have a time frame where you can allow capitalism to work. I'd much rather just do that. Right. And then, and then people, because I agree with you, people give the counter argument. They say, okay, well, in a year like 2008 or in a year where markets are just crashing, yeah, those tend to be years where gold goes up in value. But that's also what bond funds are for. That's what bond <laughs> funds are for. But I will also say this because that's true. Bond funds and gold do tend to go up when the S&P or markets like that are, are going down. But let's just look at this high level. So since 1971, gold has been down in 19 years. So there's 19 years where it has a negative return. Okay. 
five of those years, it was down over 20%. Ouch. Since 71. Since 71. Okay. Since 71, the S&P 500 has had 12 down years mm-hmm. as compared to gold's 19. Gold's mm-hmm. 19. Two of those years were down over 20%. Yep. As compared to gold's five. So it's almost as if you're buying this asset to try to protect against declines, but in doing it, you're bringing on even more declines in the value of that specific asset. Which we've already seen because the volatility is higher for this asset than it is for the S&P 500. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So with that all said, um, what, what else do you want to add? I, yeah. You know, the only thing I want to add is I know, like, I know some gold bugs want to hold this. It's almost like a doomsday scenario. Mm-hmm. But if, to me... If you want to go doomsday, because that's the rabbit hole that sometimes I hear people go down with this, is like, well, I want to have something if everything goes out. At that point, I'd rather have dinty more stew and some ammo mm-hmm. than have gold. Sure. <laughs> like if, if you're going to go that dark, you know, like that's honestly how I think of it. Um, but because like, yeah, I mean, if what are we going to turn to a society where we don't believe in paper anymore or society at all? Sure. So yeah, what you're saying, and, and, and you can make the argument too, is yeah, if you want to get a safe, and if it gives you peace of mind to put some gold coins in there, to put some yeah, water, some living supplies in there, if that's going to give you the peace of mind needed to invest in a way that will actually grow your money over time, sure, make make, make the case for that. Um, but as we're looking at the numbers, and again, not coming in with any bias, there's nothing we have against gold itself other than it doesn't really grow your money much from a planning standpoint. The numbers just don't pan out that's what i always have against investing in commodities just to be very clear because i do stand somewhere where i'm actually against it it investing in something that doesn't earn me something i am not a fan of that is not investing that's just holding Mm -hmm. and holding almost always costs me something even if i just want a safe deposit box or i want to buy a safe to store my stuff that's costing me something Mm -hmm. to be protective of my thing right Versus I just go buy more companies and go let capitalism work for me. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, so this was our uh, not fully, uh, I don't want to say uneducated take on gold because it's, it's, no, it's an it's, educated it's take. A, We're looking a, at numbers. It's a, good, it's a good overview of gold and how we think of it. And here's the thing. There are people who love it, who want to invest in it. Good for you guys. Go do it. I have nothing against that. It's a free country. Everyone can do what they want. Just want listeners to know that whenever you're investing in something, investing in something that earns you something in the future makes a whole lot more mm-hmm. sense on average than trying to hold something thinking that it's going to go up in value for no reason. Absolutely. Fully agree. Well, I think that's all I got, Scott. Anything else from you? That's it. Very good. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode number 35 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. For the list of the notes and resources we spoke about on today's episode, please head over to our website at realpersonalfinance.co and find episode number 35. If you're enjoying the podcast and haven't yet done so, please subscribe. Every single Wednesday, we release a new episode, and by subscribing, you will be the first to know as that episode is released. And if you have a question that you want us to answer on a future episode, then head over to our website. Again, that's realpersonalfinance.co, and there's a page there where you can submit your very own question for us to answer on a future episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.